This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. We join you on this Memorial Day uh, Monday. This first measuring point of any uh, baseball season, and from that standpoint, the news is uh, very good uh, for the locals, that's for sure. First, let me, uh, of course, pay homage to all those we remember on Memorial Day, and that is this holiday is to remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice, who gave their lives in military duty. So uh, that's what Memorial Day is about. As we hit this American holiday, uh, we are obviously a very, very troubled nation. I mean, there's no way way to say anything else about it. We are in a very, very dark place. And we have to figure out a way out. All of us, every one of us, have got to put pressure on our uh, legal representatives, those who vote, and hold their feet to the fire because this cannot continue this way. And listen... I understand we're from New York. We don't have the relationship to guns that people might in other parts of the country. I'm not about taking away people's guns. I'm not about taking away their rifle or their ability to hunt or their ability to protect their home. I'm not about that. But that is a long way from these weapons of mass destruction, which is what they are, that are sold to troubled youngsters and find their ways into the hands of not only criminals but troubled youngsters and that they continue to just just cut a path across this country. And if we as as a society cannot do the simple thing of protecting our kids when they go to school. Think about that. If we can't promise that our kids can leave the house in the morning and come back safely in the afternoon, then what are we doing? Then what can we be proud of? What can we lay accomplishment to or feel very proud of as Americans if we can't do that? And right now, we can't do that. And there isn't a kid. Now, my kids now are in high school. They're in the latest stages of high school. And I have to admit that when I sent them off to grammar school, I thought about security at those schools. I always did. I always checked on it, always thought about it, always worried about it. Because I think every adult has to. But when you hear people who are 
elected to high office in this country make such utter ridiculous claims as the schools have too many doors as an answer to the problem when everybody knows that's the most mindless, ridiculous thing that anyone's ever uttered just to try to protect gun privileges. Gun privileges are one thing. These other weapons, there's no use for them. There's no reason they are produced. There's no reason they are distributed. There's no reason they are sold. And they cannot be sold to people who are troubled or anyone who is under an adult age. 25 should be the legal limit. At the, at the very least, 25 should be the legal limit. And we better do something fast because what is happening and what is happening now on an even escalated pace in this country is a national disgrace. And that national disgrace is just something we all have to live with, and that is dragging us down on this Memorial Day. Now, on a much lighter note, here in New York, it is a very, very big Memorial Day Monday because of the Rangers. I have loved watching the Stanley Cup playoffs I know I've always been a guy who doesn't do hockey, but I've always told you that I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't watch hockey during the regular season. I have watched all but part of one Ranger game. My wife and I went to a play one night. We saw Tina Turner, which was very good. Um, So I missed most of that game. I saw the third period. Um, But other than that, I have seen every game. I haven't gone to any yet, but I've seen every game. I've watched every game on TV. And I can't wait for tonight. And there's a reason for hope. We have saw Boston win in Miami last night, but they were the better team. And I'll have something on that game in a minute. But we saw Boston win in Miami. And we know the home team wins 77% of the NBA games. We know that the home team always is expected to win game seven. And then when you have a series where the home team has won every game, like has gone on for two series now with Carolina, but has gone on for the Rangers and Carolina in this series, you expect form to hold. But remember, one game and one game only is going to become what everybody's going to point to who wants to give the road team credence and put some hope in the, ro- in the, ho- in the road team in game seven. And that is what Dallas did to Phoenix. Phoenix was a team that was favored to win the whole thing. They were overwhelming favorites in that series. It went to seven games. The home team had won every game, and then Dallas went in there and didn't win. They went in there and destroyed Phoenix, the likes of which was stunning. So we know the road team can win. Now, with that said, it is going to be a very, very tall order. The Rangers played miserably in game five. They played very well in game one and lost. They played okay in game two and lost. They played miserably in game five and came back and watched that game with game six. Their numbers 
don't ring true in this game seven, especially when you compare them to what Carolina has done. Now, Carolina obviously gets the last change and has is going to continue to put that checking line, the defensive line against the Rangers' number one line, which means it's going to have to be one of the other lines, either a breakthrough game, especially for Kreider, who has been very quiet, or the kid line is going to have to continue to play really well. Or they're going to have to get a couple of breaks, especially on special teams, because let's be honest, the Rangers have one even straight goal on the road in this series, and they have been shut down by the Carolina defense. I think the Rangers have a real resiliency. I said that during the Pittsburgh series. I sense it in this team. This team is going to give a good effort tonight. I fully believe that. I think this will be a close game. I think the Rangers will have their moments tonight and have a shot to win it. My gut is they're going to lose. It's going to, because Carolina has been so good at home and so confident at home. They're very well coached. And I don't think they are going to fall apart. So I, I think you have to, if you're being reasonable, give them the edge here. But hey, all you can ask for at this point with a wonderful Tampa team, which wasn't supposed to get there this year, and then they just destroyed Florida, beat the Panthers 4-zip, and have had nine days off to heal their wounds, uh, waiting in the wings, it would be wonderful to get to the conference final. It would be a really great, and no one wants to see this end because it's really great entertainment. I love that we have Game 7 tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. And let's hope the Rangers can really become something very, very special. You know, the Rangers were touted to me big time before the playoffs started that they could have a long run this year. I had guys who really know hockey and really know the Rangers and have been around the Rangers a long time said to me, I was playing golf with them, and they said, hey, I think the Rangers could have a long run in the playoffs. And then they played terribly in the Pittsburgh series. And I was like, what are you guys watching with this team? I don't even think this team's that good. And then they got a couple of breaks. Sid got hurt, and then they got a couple of breaks, and they got a couple of breaks in the games, and they won the series. They got outplayed, but they won the series. In this series, they've shown me that they have a comeback ability. They've shown me gumption. I like the chemistry. I like a lot of things about this team. But I think this is a very tall order, and I hope, I hope, that there's a range of season after tonight. I really hope that's the case because it would be uh, two more weeks of really terrific entertainment. You know, this Memorial Day is always when you step back and take a look at the baseball season. And when you look at that, you're going to have a big smile. The Yankees are 33 and 15. It looked like they were going to really start to distance themselves winning the first two games in Tampa, but you know Tampa is going to be tough. You know, not for a second did I not expect Tampa to come back in that series? Because that's who Tampa is. If you haven't figured that out about that Tampa organization by now, then you, you don't know what you're looking at because that team is as tough as nails. So they get beat the first two games of the series. And they get out, they get out pitched the first two games of the series. And they come back 
and win the back two games. Because that's who Tampa is. And the Yankees, as the competition's getting a little deeper now, they're five and six in their last 11. They are going to see the Angels tomorrow. They're not playing today, which is an absolute joke. Don't get me started. I'm not going to rail about it. But I've said this a million times. There is no way that baseball should ever give a team a day off. And I believe there should be doubleheaders in every ballpark so that you give the fans a present. You give them a one admission. They can take their kids. They can go see a doubleheader. They can do that and fill ballparks across America today. I think on the three holidays that make up summer, Memorial Day, the 4th of July, and Labor Day, Major League Baseball should play doubleheaders on all three days, single admission, doubleheaders, and give the fans back something and let people take their families and take their youngsters and build young fans that way by letting them go to a ballpark and be there for seven hours. When I was a kid, we used to love to go to doubleheaders. Man, two games for one, get there for batting practice. In those days, they used to do fielding drills. They don't do that anymore. Get there for batting practice and be there for seven hours of baseball for one price. That's what they should do, not give teams off like the Yankees are on Memorial Day. But the Yankees find themselves at 33 and 15. They're still the same four and a half games ahead that they were when they went to Tampa because they split the series. Yankees have some issues, obviously, with the injuries that they have, with the depletion of the bullpen, with the guys in the, in the lineup not hitting. They have some questions to answer. We've talked about that in the last two weeks. The Mets find themselves, and if you're a Met fan, you have a smile from here to there, because every day they get another W, you're one day closer to the Grom and Scherzer coming back. And with this record, when those two guys come back, you go to the top of the line. They have an eight-and-a-half game lead in the division. They have completely buried, tormented, and now that they got their first sweep of the season with an unlikely hero tying the game up and then winning it in extra innings against that awful Philly bullpen. They continue to get you know, contributions from everywhere which is how they've gotten to be 32-17. and 17. Other than Alonzo, they haven't had great years. Lindor does have a lot of RBIs. But they've gotten terrific starting pitching for the most part. And they've gotten contributions from a lot of places. And they're going to continue to bring people in. You know that. If they have a need, they're going to fill it. If they have a need, they're going to fill it. Every time they have a need, they're going to fill it. That's who they are. They have the deepest pockets in baseball. I know it's nice to hear that, especially with an eight-and-a-half game re- lead and knowing that if they can get through that 10-game road trip that is coming up that's going to see the Dodgers and the Padres and the Angels, they get through that and they don't have their lead diminished or they just lose a game or so off that lead and then you're starting to get, get very much closer to the Grom and Scherzer they are going to be in a great place. Right now, that division has to watch that they don't 
completely run and hide because when you realize that they're up eight and a half games and they are going to add two of the best pitches in baseball at some juncture in the next month, hey, you buck show all day, you're a very happy man on this Memorial Day. Things could not be going better. So for both teams, it's been a wonderful start to the baseball season. It's been a commanding start to the baseball season. The Yankees have issues. The Mets have issues, but they have a division that is soft and they know what's coming. They are going to be replenished with two right arms, the likes of which you could only dream about. Now to the NBA. We know that the finals are now set. This is the final I thought we would get. Once this was the final I thought we'd get when we had the matchups in the final four. I told you I picked Phoenix from the beginning, and I still cannot explain what happened in game seven. This is the better matchup. Boston was a better matchup for Golden State than Miami would have been. Miami relied too much on the scoring of Butler. Not enough consistency anywhere else for them to win. And to do that against a Golden State team that can score from so many different places. It can hit you with an avalanche of threes. And the three was the difference last night. The three was everything last night in a game that Miami crawled uphill every second of the way. Butler, give him credit, he played the whole game, but he was exhausted in the second half. Hiding out in the, in the corner at times, just trying to gain enough strength to continue. But the three was the whole thing last night in a game where the Celtics showed absolutely zero poise when the game was on the line. And that scares you going forward against Golden State because if the Celtics make the mental errors and collapse as they did last night down the stretch against Golden State, they won't have a prayer. We'll analyze that series for you later in the week. It doesn't start until Thursday. But the Celtics went 11-32. Nothing to write home about. But 11 threes for 32. The Heat went an abominable six for 30. And it was the three when all was said and done that made the difference, especially three of them. Number one, the three they took away, which I've never seen that before. All of a sudden, inadvertently, out of nowhere, hey, you know what? He stepped out of bounds. We're taking the points off. With no discussion from anything on the court, boom. I would have liked to have seen that again, too. So that three goes away. And then you have the two threes in Miami you're going to remember for a long time. The first one, at 82-79, Butler missed a, a three. He stopped and took a three at 82-79. It was short rim. And then the Celtics got the lead right back up. And then, of course, with 15 seconds left, unbelievably, remarkably, somehow down only two points where Butler could have driven on Horford and without question either scored or gotten fouled and tied that game up. And maybe he was thinking, I don't have overtime in me. And that's probably true. He didn't. He was exhausted. He was out on his feet. 
After his second quarter performance that got him 24 for the half, he was not the same player in the second half. He was exhausted. His points in the second half were forced. He took a lot of bad shots. He took a lot of off-balance shots. He took a lot of shots that had no chance. But then at 98-96, where remarkably they have come from dead, where they have just putrid shot after putrid shot being thrown up. And you're like, man, can they find anybody who could give them just a basket? I mean, and just watching these guys clang shot after shot. I mean, time after time. Well, there was all the people who just kept shooting, but all of a sudden, a couple of them went in. And then Lowry, who missed a ton of shots, a couple of them went in and he made that layup. And now they're down five. And then Struess makes that crazy three. And they're down two. Somehow they're down two points. They had just been down double digits. Now they're down two points. And Butler's got the rebound. And here he comes. And you're thinking he's going to take it to the basket and get fouled. Maybe get a conventional three-point play. Maybe lay it in. Or he's going to the foul line. He's going to beat off it off the dribble. He stops, and he goes for the W. We can discuss whether it made sense. Van Gundy thought it didn't. I understand why he didn't. Butler's a very bad three-point shooter. He made one last night. He doesn't like to take threes. He only takes wide-open, settled threes. But here he came up, and he decided, you know what? I'm going for the W. Consciously going for the W. And he pulled up and he clanged the front rim with the three. That would have given the Heat the lead with 11 seconds remaining. The Celtics, who were commanding in that game last night, who decided down the stretch that it was great that Smart wound up with the shot every time down the stretch, which makes no sense on that team. Tatum option one, Brown option two, Smart not option at all there. And Smart wound up taking the most shots of anybody on the Celtics last night, including 10 threes. And the Celtics showed no poise and did and almost gave away a game that would have been, if you analyze it, one of the colossal breakdowns in the history of NBA basketball if they had lost that game. Because the comeback was so disjointed by Miami. It was so, like, crazy out of nowhere. The Oladipo baskets and then the Lowry basket and then the Struce three. And now they find themselves down 98-96. The Celtics come down, take a shot and miss it. And here's Butler with the rebound. Here he comes. And I expected him to go right to the basket. I was surprised when he pulled up and took the three. He did. Maybe he's thinking that I can't play overtime. Maybe it was just, hey, this is amazing that we even have a shot at this thing. I'm putting the ball in the air, and the ball was in the air. With 15 seconds and running. And the Heat had a chance if that ball landed in the net to have the lead in a game they were dead and buried 
20 times. But it didn't happen. The shot missed. We know what happened after it. Two foul shots, a couple of missed threes, and the Celtics celebrate a 196 win. It was not impressive, but it's a victory. And a victory on the road in what was a very strange series. A very strange series because of all the games won by the road teams. And some of the lopsided scores in the games, too. It was a very strange series. The Heat got as much out of their team and as much out of Butler as they humanly could have. He had 47, obviously, in game six. He had 35 and was exhausted because he had 24 at the half. He had 35 on really very few shots in the first half. He had 24, but then in the second half, he missed a lot of shots. And he was out on his feet, let's be honest. The guy, didn't, he played every minute. And he's not 100% by any stretch. The guy's tough. And he went for the win. He put the ball in the air. And the basketball guard said, uh-uh. And he wasn't, he didn't have enough energy or enough lift to get the ball over the front rim and into the hoop. And let's be honest, he's not a three-point shooter anyway. So now it's Boston and Golden State. Miami can hold its head high. They played their rear ends off in that series. And they did not have a lot of options. We'll analyze the series for you later in the week. It should be a good series. Gold State's favorite. They should be. Series starts Thursday. So we'll obviously give you our thoughts on that later in the week. Back after this. Email the Mike Francesa podcast. Drop Mike a note at Podcast at gmail.com. As we've told you, Podcast at gmail.com to send me your comments and your questions. We'll get to some uh, every week. Let's get to a few today. Patrick and Highland uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the Sopranos movie, The Many Saints of Newark. What did you think? Um, apropos this weekend, obviously, with uh, what's, what happened to Ray Liotta um, and the passing of Ray Liotta, um, I think it showed you just how meticulous the writing was for The Sopranos and how brilliant Gandolfini especially and others like Edie Falco were in that, in that performance uh, because it didn't work the movie. Uh, it was, I thought rushed. Uh, I don't think, I think, I think you could tell Chase didn't have his heart in it. It was a money proposition uh, and it did not have the, uh, the writing and it did not have the uh, performances that you usually got from the Sopranos. So I, I didn't think it was very good. Um, this is from Joel with the injuries. And with Hicks and Gallo struggling, do you think it's time to give Florial and Anderhal more time? I would definitely commit to Anderhal. I would like to see him, as long as they realize that they'll probably need a glove for late-inning defensive replacement, um, and they can always find someone to do that. I would like to see them give Anderhal a chance. I, I, I thought the Gallo, uh, bringing Gallo here was a joke. I've never been a Hicks guy, as you know. Uh, they've both been awful, absolutely awful. Uh, Hicks, especially with men in scoring position, 
Uh, Gallo overall uh, is just an automatic out. He's going to fall into a couple of homers because he has power. But, uh, I mean, uh, and he does feel this position well, which we know. But his offense is just unbelievable. And the Yanks can't live with either one of them, let's be honest. So I'd like to see them give Andujar a steady diet of outfield play day in, day out against right-handed and left-handed pitching for a month. And let's see how he does. I, I would like to see that. Mike in Dutchess County, I know the Jets haven't won anything yet, really, but their roster on paper has as much talent as it's had in years. Are you a fan of Zach Wilson? Um, I'm this way, that way on Zach Wilson. I I didn't have a lot of uh, background with him when he came here. I wasn't overly impressed last year. I'll reserve judgment. I don't have a positive or a negative feeling for him yet. So to me, it's still very much up in the air. The Jets clearly had a good draft. They clearly have added personnel. They look like they have put together the makings of a very good offensive line. They have some skill position players now. Uh, They are covered at running back. They have players who can perform at the receiver positions. I like Berrios a lot. Um, they are a improved roster, but they have such a long way to go that I, I still think it's a it's a quantum leap to think that they're going to be a winning team this year. Uh, this is from Paul. Do you think the Giants' new regime really wants Daniel Jones to be the quarterback? I think the owner. I think the owner has always wanted Daniel Jones to be the quarterback. I think he personally likes Daniel Jones a lot. I think he feels that the organization failed him in many ways, which they did, because everything Gettleman touched uh, turned to dirt. Nothing turned to gold uh, in his time there. Uh, So I do think that especially John Mara and others in the organization really wanted him to succeed, but the new guys... The new regime are not in any way tied to Daniel Jones, so they are not going to let him take him down. So if he doesn't perform immediately, they will go shopping uh, for a new quarterback. Avrahi uh, is the next emailer. I'm wondering how much you attribute the success of the Yankees starting pitching to the Yankees pitching coach, uh, Matt Blake. I think you have to give everybody who touches the Yankee pitching credit for development, and also credit for seeing what guys can be because they have had some guys really flourish. Specifically this year, you've had Cortez become one of the best starters, and I've compared his ascent to Gidry's. He's not a power pitcher, but I, I compare his ascent, his arrival, and then the performance level going to such a high level, the top of the league. That's why I compare it to Gidry. Uh, Now, he has to prove he can do it like Gidry did. But he is commanding and confident when he takes the mound. And that's why it looks like it has legs, because he does look that confident and that commanding when he goes to the mound every single start. And Holmes has been unbelievable. So when you're able to find pitchers like they have found, and you can add a bunch of other guys, including King, to that, but especially... Cortez and Holmes. I mean, it's remarkable to be able to find pitchers to perform on this level. So I think everybody 
that touches the pitching staff. You have to give them credit for for uh, searching, for development, for being able to find guys, bring them in, and make them better. Uh, I think you have to give everybody an A-plus in the Yankee organization for doing that because they have consistently doing it. And let's be honest. The Yankees' thought is more attributed to, well, Judge, of course, but some timely home runs, a great performance by Judge, and just some incredible pitching is why the Yankees have the record they do have. And let's be honest, the bats haven't been good lately, and they're 5-6 and in their last 11 games, so uh, they have some work to do. Again, Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Send me your emails, uh, questions, comments, and we will get to some every week, I promise. Uh, back after. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. So, again, folks, remember, keep those uh, emails coming. Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Remember, you can uh, find the podcast at betrivers.com and use Bet Rivers for all your uh, gambling needs. Go to their. Uh, website go their app they have everything you need uh for all your uh betting pleasures so uh, check them out and you can find it of course on spotify or apple or wherever you get your uh, podcast delivered to you so um we will see you later in the week enjoy your memorial day weekend we'll see you down the road thanks for listening to the mike francesa podcast on the bet rivers network Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.